With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, the Yamaha MT-07. Okay. And Drake, you're currently sitting, what, uh, fourth in points overall so far in uh, three total races, correct? Yes. 21 off of uh, first place. Wow. Hey, you're you're in it, man, and you had one heck of a weekend. So, first of all, congratulations. Uh, you know, that was a, a strong weekend for you at VIR, uh, and it was led you led off the season in very good form at Atlanta. Um, you were what P six, P four at Atlanta in the first two races of the season, and you managed a podium this weekend. Yeah, just uh, clicking off those times, you know, and uh, you know, I started sixth fourth and third so i just keep clicking my way off towards the top that means the w's right around the corner right <laughs> yeah that's the plan <laughs> so uh road america is the next big race for your series do you guys get two there uh no just one race how do they what what is it that's determining whether you guys have a double header weekend or a single race or is it going to mix up throughout the year or is it predominantly going to be a single race weekend for your class uh it's predominantly single race um, I know that we have, uh, Pittsburgh, which is the next double header. Um, and then I can't remember if it's Barber. I think it's the other one, or it might be a single event as well, or, uh, Pittsburgh might be the only other one. But, um, yeah, there were just a few that were, uh, double headers, but all the rest of them are, uh, single races. Well, that's cool. And so when it's a single race, if this past weekend's any uh, judge, are you guys always on, are you always on the race Sunday race program when it is a single race event? I believe so. And, um, I mean, this is a two day, uh, platform as well. Um, like at road America, when we have one race, we're going to have uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, you know, and it's going to be, a lot more strung out. We only had three sessions total for this weekend. So we had practice, qualifying, and then it was straight into the race. So we had to make sure that we had our stuff together, you know, by that time. Yeah, you're talking about you're getting a lot of, uh, shall we say, breathing time between times on the bike where you get to uh, check and then recheck every single thing 400 times, something like that. <laughs> right, and just uh, test new things and, uh, yeah. Well, that, and that's not a lot of track time. What I think you're also alluding to is you go out and have one practice where you really get to uh, see the track conditions, and then, of course, the conditions change, particularly like this weekend when we had on and off rain at VIR. Um, right. Where you got, did you guys race in the rain? When, when were you on the schedule, I guess? I watched uh, most of it live. I didn't get to see your race, so I'm not familiar with uh, when you guys were. Were you early in the day or after the mains? We were after. We were actually at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. After um, Superbikes then? Yeah, so we actually got the, uh, we actually got clear track. We didn't have to do uh, any tire change, really. Um, I mean, we were a little uh, skeptical. We thought, you know, for sure that it was going to be uh, a rain race just because of how the condition was and looking at the radar and we're, you know, you know, fresh set of rains, rain mounting up and, uh, 
when we went out, we went out on uh, some actual um, takeoffs from qualifying one. So uh, we did it on some uh, older tires. So I was actually pretty impressed with how we did with that. Um, but we were able to test our traction control, and uh, it was pretty amazing. It's awesome. Jake, you're, uh, the, the Twins class, um, there's been, I think, mixed reviews on on that that class. We certainly love it. Um, love the sound of it, everything. What are your thoughts? I mean, as far as the, uh, the fans at these superbike races or at these Moto America races, I should say, are they, uh, they, are they pretty into the twins? Yeah. Everybody that I've uh, met and seen at the track, uh, especially fans, they always seem to be into the twins cup, you know, especially with the, you know, having the biggest grids of the weekend, um, being the twins cup. Right. And ha- having, you know, to say, okay, we have to turn people away because, you know, we actually have to make the cut. So that was some added pressure as well because, you know, in qualifying one, that was the only qualifying that we were going to get. And so if you didn't, if you went out and two laps in, didn't put a time down that was going to make the show, you know, and you went down and watered up the bike, then you were done for the weekend and you didn't get to race. So uh, that was kind of one of the worries. But I actually uh, crashed in uh, Q1. And picked the bike up, got it back to the pits, and uh, went out and qualified on the front row. And congrats on that. Um, Thank you. You know, I think I think that speaks volumes, though, having the biggest, you know, the, like you say, the most riders on the grid. That says, that speaks a lot, I think, about the Absolutely. About the class. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's taking yeah. off. It is absolutely it taking is. off. I mean, what, so what, there's a cutoff? Is it like back in the day when, if I'm old enough, I remember Superbike, it was 107% of the leaders, the the fastest qualifying. Have they, is it something like that, 107, 108%? Yes, something like that. Um, you know, and for how close it was, um, we actually had some pretty quick guys out there, especially in the top 10 to 15. We're all within just a few seconds of each other. And, uh, you know, it was great to have those out there. And, you know, we always have people talking about, um, our club race guys, they're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do it or try it. You know, we encourage everybody to come out and try it and you know, see where you wind up at. And it's uh, that is exactly what's happening, Drake. Uh, the, the the list of entries um, is filled with young guys like yourself, first of all. But there's a fair number of let's say vintage uh racers uh some guys that uh why, why do you say it like that uh, well guys they're my age <laughs> guys that are literally my age chris Parrish. you're young you're chris, young dude chris Parrish is uh, the reigning champ friend of mine from tennessee in my club racing days and yeah he's not the only one there's a number of them out there which makes the I, it's got to make the riders meetings pretty cool right drake i mean you've got Crusty old, from your perspective, forty and up is just a relic, right? If forty, you might as well be dead. Who did you call Crusty last week? That Tony got such a big charge out of. I can't remember, but I thought that Crusty, you you just. I, I used that last week accurately. It was probably Josh Hayes. It probably, it probably was. Josh no, Hayes. it was a motocross guy. Oh, I think. Reed. I think it was Reed. Chad Reed. Yeah. <laughs> well, Drake, you've uh, got to go ahead. It's always. Uh, you know, humbling to look around, especially at, you know, riders these are just in the paddock alone and, you know, see some of the great names out there. Like, you know, whenever I was on two fifties, I always saw Chris Parrish, you know, at the next step because, you know, he was racing SVs at that time. So, you know, I was already looking at, you know, okay, what's my next step up? 
the SVs, and I was like, oh, it's going to be, you know, me racing against Chris. And in 15, I really didn't get too much of an opportunity to race with him. But um, in 16 and 17, I was in the Junior Cup, and I didn't really get to race with him then. So now I'm finally getting to race with him, and then Michael Barnes comes out of the woodwork, and it's like, okay, I got some uh, serious competition to look at. And, you know, it's like, even though, you know, Mike Barnes is, you know, a 50-year-old dude, he's still moves on a bike he's still a bad oh, dude oh yeah yeah you do not want the, to the class is, the class is moving up yeah so, it's it's a stacked that. class and it's it's right. a lot of fun to watch uh i watched a number of you guys races last year live um it was or this class uh it's been an impressive development and it's really good to see yeah what do you think about that bike barney came out and did so well with um you know he I don't think the bike's an overdog by any means. If qualifying and all the races, uh, you know, the races so far are any any judge. He's just a fast guy. It seems like it's a fair fight. Would you agree? Yes. Um, I mean, the Ducati that uh, Quarterly has made is an awesome machine. And, you know, they, uh, they're they a good team. So him and or uh, Barney and Quarterly working together is just a really good team that it's, yeah. like a, it's like a marriage made in heaven, right there. I mean, Dale Quarterly, right? And uh, right. and and who's who's the other one? Michael Barnes. Uh, Michael there Barnes. Riding. Okay, sure. Yeah, riding for him. I mean, that's and, you know, to, to me. To me, that's just something that doesn't happen organically. You understand? What well, I'm saying? And yeah, and they're the only ones out there on that bike, and. Barney uh, predicted after the first race, I'm sure you heard it, Drake, along with the rest of the world, he was saying, we may see a bunch more of these out here. Hasn't happened um, for whatever reason. If you look at the the entry list, SV650s are, are absolutely the predominant bike, but your bike, the FC07, MT07 platform, coming on strong, it is certainly the second most common machine on the grid right now. and. Oh. As fast as you guys are going on them, and as development happens, you know the SV's been around forever, right? That's right. That tends to lead to guys having a bunch of them in their garages that that are totally legal to come race, and it's an easier fit. That I understand, but it sure looks like you guys on the MTs are coming on strong. I do want to. Uh, I do want to address something that uh, recently you sent me an email. Uh, perhaps it was uh, one of your team, maybe your family, but uh, you put our our name uh the pit pass on your uniform and and i thought that was a real strong th uh way to say thanks and i appreciate that i think we all do um but um there there's something i want you to think about adding be not afraid of greatness okay, okay. Uh, I, I think too many people are afraid to be that guy that girl right. that woman um in whatever whatever sport they're competing in, be not afraid of greatness. And there's nothing wrong with that because once we get past that point of of being afraid of being the best, then we can truly be our best in everything that we do. And I would suggest that you're if you're not there and haven't admitted it yet, um, I, I I I truly believe that that you are and you should uh, be not afraid to be you know, the greatest that, that we think you are. Drake, you're one of the best. Yeah. And uh, obviously you deserve it too because what you're doing with your fans, what you're doing with your sponsors and the entire race industry is you're raising everybody's bar, okay? And and uh, I applaud that. I truly do because what you've done with us, first of all, you're always available. 
I mean, I called you at the last minute uh, today to do this program, but you're not afraid to talk about it. And uh, sometimes uh, guys get wrapped up in their own thought process as to what it takes to be the best. But I don't think you're, th- I don't think you're that guy, but I do want you to take that invitation to not be afraid to be the very best that you can be. And, uh, I think you've got that going on. PJ, you agree with that? Absolutely. Drake looking forward to seeing him be the best, uh, in a few weeks. I mean, uh, your buddy, Tommy boy, Halverson are rolling up to road America, I assume right. we're going to see you again for taco night. Haven't seen you miss one. <laughs> of course. All right, man. How do you like your chances yeah. up there? Hopefully we don't get any rain. Are, are you are you, are you, you prepared for a rain race? Because, unfortunately, when we say Road America, rain has to be in the conversation, it seems like, every year for at least one day of the weekend. Of course. I, you know, that's always the going into the weekend that you think about is, you know, is it going to be rain? Is there going to be rain? So, um, so you're just always prepared for it and ready to tackle at any moment, really. And I got to think that, uh, the well, gosh, you you were talking about traction control. That's a new development for your team, you're saying? Yes, it is. Um, that's something that we still have in the works and that we're uh, working out, and it's working pretty awesome. That that's, that seems incredibly good for... Uh, this class, because uh, honestly, none. A lot of these bikes don't come with traction control uh, in their stock form, so that's a pretty serious investment, I would imagine, for a team and probably a real difference maker. Yes, and uh, glad to be working with a racer. Uh, we've had a, a dad at Kai come out, and uh, he's been at both rounds already. And uh, you know, having him there trackside to be able to talk to him and to fine tune it has just been. Awesome. It's been a lot of fun having you on, Drake, and congrats on the success, and and keep shooting for that number one plate. All right, that's been Drake Beecham. We yeah. have we also had JD Beach, Brad Baker, Shana Texter, Taylor Robert, and Ricky Russell. That's been our show. I think it was a good show overall, right? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that race in Wisconsin. I'm excited. Justin Braden shootout coming up on a Sunday this year. Sunday, Tony, give them the uh, deets if you would. Yep, we're going to be uh, down at Riverside Raceway in Winterset, Iowa. We've got a, a slew of fast guys coming. It's an AMA Pro-Am, best in the Midwest. It's going to be, everybody's going to be there. Information can be found on what website? RiversideRaceway.net. Dot net. All right, stay tuned. Uh, coming up next. Have your attention, please. Excuse me. Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season, 
aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Vamos!